You are listening to Bridget Masinga on the Station of the Year. It is indeed the Jet Set Breakfast final hour of the show. And uh, we decided, why don't we have a listening session with uh, Nakane and uh, catch up with him? He's a singer-songwriter, needs no introduction in uh, this part of the world. He just released his brand new album, uh, Bastard Jargon, on Friday, the 31st of March. Um, And of course, uh, as we played into the break with his very first, uh, well, the first single that we are playing this morning, Standing in Our Way. Good morning to you Nakani how are you doing good morning I'm fine thank you how are you doing I am fantastic I can't complain indeed um always a pleasure catching up with you um and uh, just uh, keeping a track of everything that you were doing that is fantastic I think last time um, I got an opportunity uh, to to chat to you you were briefly in the country for a performance at uh, Constitution Hill Yes. Yes, that was so lovely. <laughs> it, it seems like a lifetime ago. It was in March or April last year. Yes. So it was a year ago. A year yeah. ago. Time flies. Time yeah. flies. Time is time is a construct at the end of the day. No, absolutely. <laughs> it really is. Um, funny enough, someone was saying to me, and I know when we we, we chatted back then, um, you you did say that you had dropped the two rain. Someone was saying to me this week, they were like, "Oh wait, has he dropped the two rain?" I think people are still. People are still coming no, to terms. No, long ago. <laughs> I know. Long I think time I, ago. I think I dropped it like seven years ago or something. Right. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while, but I guess you know it takes time. It, it takes time for people. It to... takes time. It yeah. really does. Uh, let's talk about the new project. Um, I know that during COVID. Uh, you know, you, you, you took some, some time. Um, COVID came on the back of you just having wrapped up a tour. Um, and then you, yeah. you took some time to just sort of uh, get into your own headspace, get into your own thoughts. Um, and and but, but you did keep busy, busy during that time. And I would presume that uh, this album, Bastard Jargon, is in some ways fruits of, of that particular labor. Strangely enough, you know, I think the writing part of the album had already been finished by the time that COVID had come. Ah. So what we yeah, so we did we did some of the production work. So because I worked with um, now Rogers mm. um, from Chic, and so instead of working in the same studio, I would send him files, and then he would work in America. He was in in America at the time, and then he'd send me files back, and not work on them. Because also I wanted to, I, I wanted to be involved in the production side of things this mm. time around, which I've never really been as much as I was this time around. Ah, okay. Um, I mean, wh- why was it so important for you? Is it just growth and evolution of an artist to to get into the nitty gritties of of the producing side? Yes, and also I think you know, with each thing that you make, you're trying to get closer to the sound that you hear in your head. Mm. And up until then, maybe. I think I, I didn't have a the confidence and b just the, the technical skills. Yeah. Whereas this is my third album, third album, and I've made an EP, so it's my third and a half album. Mm. So I've made I've made enough music to know that that I I have the I had the prowess to to do it now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And how was that, by the way? Um, when you're working and half of your team is on an entirely different continent because so much time also creating music or or anything really creative uh, it's about an energy transference and and people yeah. you, you know people tend to work better at times you hear of artists that you know go that go and retreat with their entire producing team just so that they can breathe the same energy 
um, uninterrupted mm. and unencumbered at that particular time. So what was that like working completely different continents and, and putting this project together? Yeah, I think this this situation showed that invention really does follow need mm. because even and I mean that's how human beings have evolved for millennia is that you follow what is needed and you you do what needs to needs to be done mm. in order to make the thing that you want to make. Mm. And so I think I mean would it, would would it have been better um, emotionally psychologically to have been in the same room mm. perhaps. But we didn't have that, that opportunity. Mm. So all we have is what we had, you know. And so I think comparing it with what would have happened, you know, does disservice to what we have right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is uh, Nakane joining me uh, on the line to uh, talk about his new album, Bastard Jargon. It was released this past Friday on the 31st of March. And we're having a bit of a listening session with him this morning. Um, we just played Standing in Our Way. Uh, break it down for. Oh, sorry, no, we played we played the caring. Sorry, I've got to the, 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 the ordering uh, wrong. Okay, we we played the caring. Uh, break it down for us in terms of. I mean, I was bumping to the beat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was bumping to the beat and the melody. Um, but give us a, a an overview of of the song, the theme, and and what the story behind it really. I think it's pretty clear to everyone who listens to my music that my music is quite personal and some of it is about things that have happened to me or things I've done, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But when I wrote the song, I co-wrote it actually, which is something that doesn't happen a lot. I was co-wrote it with uh, this, this musician from America called Max Hirschnau and we were in London. Mm. And I was really feeling uninspired and I was just about to go home. And he said, you know what? Then if I go home, at the end of the day, you're paying for the studio, so mm. you'll be wasting your own money. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, God, okay, you're right. I probably should try to do something. <laughs> and I just went to the microphone and I just made up, you know, those, those the first melodies that you hear in the song. That stuff. And then I put another melody on top of that, and I put another melody on top of that. And then we built the song, the harmonic life, so to speak, of the song around those melodies. Mm. And then on top of that, I wrote some lyrics. But because I think I wasn't inspired, I was initially not inspired, I didn't want to write about my own my, my life. I wanted to write about something else. Mm. I wanted to write about, I know, I wanted there to be some sort of distance lyrically in the song, mm. that it being so gut-wrenchingly about my feelings. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you say, you know, you wanted to put some distance between yourself and the song. And I think we never hear artists talk about that. Or maybe we just make the presumption that all music comes from a very personal yeah. space. But I guess there will be moments yeah. when you, you almost want to emotionally disassociate yourself from what, you, what you're putting out. But you have to put out oh, something. Yeah. No, you know, it's not even about dissociating. It's it's about maybe 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 the the, the tank of writing about yourself is is, is empty. And mm. you, but you still but you still you still want to write about you you still have things you want to talk about. Mm. You know, it's like it's like a conversation. You and a friend have been speaking for three hours about something that's happened in your life mm. and then suddenly the conversation turns and you talk about politics or you talk about oh I don't know, your dog or Mm. The weather, those things are still uh, those things are still important. Those things still you know keep the conversation going and the relationship going, and they still feed you in some way. Mm. It's just a different tag. It's mm. not any less um, important or or you know I particularly never put out things just for the sake of putting them out. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
And I wouldn't, and if, if, if I didn't emotionally resonate with the song, I wouldn't have even added it to the album. Yeah. But I put it as the first track of the album because it was so important to me. <laughs> interestingly enough, right? Like, interestingly yeah, the, the, the song, the song, the song that's the song that's not about me, <laughs> but it is about me. But I mean, like, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, I'm reading a book, and this, this is quoted that I will never forget, which is that everything that a person creates is a portrait of themselves. Of course, yes, yes, very you know, profound. So, yeah, so whether whether you're writing about your own life and the, so the minutia of the things that are happening in your life, or you're reporting on other things, mm. at the end of the day, it's still, still going to show you. Yeah. It, you can never escape the thing. Absolutely. That's what Ziggs Das said to me. But that's what Bubba Ziggs Das said to me once. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, God. You know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be talking about my, and he said, stop trying to write yourself out of the story. Oh, yeah. I love that. Stop yeah, stop trying that. to write yourself out of the story. I love that because yeah. it is what you just said, right? It It, it is whether it's directly about you or it, it, it's something that, you, you know, it's a, it's a slightly different subject matter. It is, though, through your lens and it is something that resonates Completely. with you or something that has indirectly affected you or touched you one way or another. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'm, oh, I'm going to keep that line. Oh, stop trying to write yourself <laughs> out of the story. Uh, it's a beautiful it's line. Powerful, it? <laughs> it's very powerful. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back um, and we'll get into the next single as we try and make our way through this very short listening session. It is uh, Nakane joining me on the line this morning for a listening session. His new project is out, new album, Bastard Jargon, um, on the Jet Set Breakfast. It is uh, Nakane coming through with uh, Standing in Our Way. Need I ask what this particular uh, uh, record is about? No, that one is about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just realized I didn't send you the, I didn't send you the unedited version. I apologize. It's all right. Um, we apologize <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know when you, you know when you keep on searching for the next shiny thing? Mm-hmm. And you're not satisfied with the wonderful thing that you already have. Mm. And then you start to realize that there's nothing wrong. Well, not that there's nothing wrong with the outside world. Mm. But actually the real introspection that should be happening is within yourself. Mm. That perhaps the problem is you. No one wants to hear that, Nakane. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to hear that we take part in our own toxicity. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's half, 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 of the, half of the toxicity is you. Yeah. Whether you are how, how you whether you are you you are the aggressor or the victim, but but you know whether you leave or you stay. Of course, I mean there's 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 much more you know much more nuance mm. in mm. all of these stories. But sometimes I think that we don't we, we don't want to give ourselves the we don't want to cast ourselves in the role of someone who can actually make a decision, mm. whatever the decision is. Mm. And so and so and so it's easier to to say that it comes from outside. I think sometimes that's why religion works so well, mm. you know, mm. Mm. <laughs> because, oh, it's something else. It's the devil. No, it's you. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so, you, it's a, you did the, you did that thing. Yeah. No, in, indeed. Some people will definitely say that. No, it's you. It's not ancestors. It's, it's not a thing. No, exactly. It's just you, you, you know. Um, it's just you. You just need to change how you're looking at things or you need to change how you're doing things. Yeah, yeah. And so I just had to be honest with myself. And I thought, you know, up until then, maybe there hadn't been a lot of pop music where people were 
because in, in a lot of pop music, it's you know, it's like you did this to me, you did this to me. I can't believe, or like I'm gonna be better without you. Mm. But I actually wanted to say, I actually wanted to write a song and say, what what happens when you actually turn that mirror on yourself? Mm-hmm. For for you, is it is it a, a process of uh, you know catharsis when when you when you put those words when they're looking back at you? Is it almost like? writing in your diary once the words are on the page once the lyrics are on the page you can release whatever the emotion is to the universe oh no i used to think that unfortunately <laughs> i used to really think that but um but you have to deal with the thing mm. you can't just write the thing away mm. you know i i remember in the first sort of half of my career, the song that sort of put me on the map before, you know, before the Black Coffee mm. collaboration was a song called Fog. Mm. And that, I mean, that song wasn't direct in what it was about, but you could really feel that there was a lot of suffering in it. But I sang the song almost every night and I, every performance I, I, I performed in, I, I always played that song. But I hadn't dealt with the thing that mm. caused the pain. And so me singing the song didn't just get rid of the pain. I had to go and actually name the thing mm. and, you know, and heal from it. Mm-mm-mm. I guess... Uh, so it... catharsis, yeah, catharsis can also be superficial. True. Very true. And we romanticize a lot. Uh, I think those of us who are not in the process, we, we romanticize a lot about what it might be like. You know, you, you hear people, I mean, I know for myself personally, sometimes I always go, oh, I wish I was a, you know, a singer-songwriter or at least the songwriter so I could just write these mm. feelings away so I could just put them on a paper and express them. Um, because we almost yeah. feel like you, you guys have a way of of capturing, and I guess because it is centered in a real-life experience, you are human after all. You have a way exactly. of capturing uh, our feelings. You have a way of you can hear a song and you go, oh, Nakani put it just the way I wanted to put it. Like, just the way I'm feeling it is the way he's written it. And I wish I had that skill. And, and it's really, yeah, the skill doesn't mean, as you say, the pain goes away. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, I always used to think, you know, when I was younger, I used to look at, you know, spiritual leaders like Sangwa mm. or priests or pastors. And I used to think that they had all their stuff together. Like I used to think that because because they were leaders and advisors, I used to think that their lives were, were would also obviously be so perfect. Mm. But it's like it's a skill, right? Mm. That you learn, and and maybe they're just not as well versed in other skills. So maybe I'm very good at describing the feelings. So describing mm. how you know, but I'm not particularly very good at dealing with the problem itself. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and then some people, some people like, for example, psychologists are, are good at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, everyone, you know, every, everyone is important in their in in their different part of the world. Makes perfect sense. Um, the next song we're gonna get to is "Hold Me Down." Do you want to give us a brief intro? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, this is the one where you say um, you you trust someone with your with you you trust someone with the decision that you know that you're going to make a bad one and you trust that person to literally hold you down and not let you go even though you beg them to mm. Mm. you know it is nakane hold me down play 
I hope I hope you play the edited one because the first word the first word is an F word. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, let's hope we have the edited version. Should we buy? Uh, buy... Otherwise, it's, otherwise, it's no big deal. It's a quick one. It's just like and it's gone. <laughs> Should we have the unedited version? Apologies, uh, you will forgive us. Uh, it is. Uh, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It is a listening <laughs> session, and I guess uh, you know, artist license, artistic license. Yes, yes. Heard as it was intended. Okay, stand now. It's gone. It's gone already. It uh, is Hold Me Down, uh, one of the tracks coming out of Nakane's brand new album, Bastard Jargon, uh, which was written in uh, just about under two years, a year and a half or so. And and yeah. you said of this one, Nakane, that, uh, you know, this came this came after you had written You Will Not Die. And that was at, at sort of the yeah. end of your relationship with uh, Christianity uh, as we know it. Um, and then yeah. you said with bastard jargon, you really just wanted to to throw yourself into some kind of feel good vibe. Yeah, except for that song. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but also you but. said on the album that it is a, it's like almost an ode to 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 sex in in a very interesting way. So that's yeah, kind yes, of, of course. I mean, yeah, completely. I mean, that song. Strangely enough, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where sometimes you you choose to be you you choose to submit, mm. right? And and you say, this is this is not. I'm not willed. No one has willed me into this. Mm. I, I need someone to sort of dominate the situation because I don't have the know-how mm. to deal with it, right? Mm. Um, but having said that, you know, it's one it's one of the two ballads in the album. But the entire album is mostly up tempo. Mm. But I mean, now Rogers plays guitar and that, and it's so funky. And um, Rafael Sadiq from Tony Tony Tone plays yeah. bass on that one. Ooh. And so, and these are like two very funky people. So even though it's still a ballad, it's still sort of it still kind of has that weird sexy thing underneath yeah. it all. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very sexy tone, a very it's a very seductive, and I think it's, it's very seductive, but in in that very curious manner, you know, you almost you listen like what to what is going on here? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's, it those... <laughs> it's one of those songs that it's either you're listening, the the melody is going to cap captivate you first, uh, and then maybe you know a long time away, you listen to the the lyrical context of it. Yeah. Uh, and then you might realize that you 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 interpreted it so completely wrong. <laughs> completely. You know what's funny about that, Bridget, is that a lot of the time people will say, oh, this you know, sensuality or whatever. I still, remember, I still remember I put out a song a few years ago called Presbyterian, which was about the Presbyterian church I grew up in. Mm. And people were like, it's so sexy. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not sexy. It's about the church. <laughs> But um, but it's what you say. It's I mean sometimes I, I and I say this a lot of the times in interviews, particularly with this album, was that I wasn't that interested in beauty, you know. Mm. And, well, at least in in, in 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 commercial beauty because because beauty does that thing, right? It it covers up mm. sometimes meaning mm. and and the, and the deeper meaning of things because that that melody of that song is so pretty. You you you're not spending the time actually to sit down and listen to what the words are, mm. and so sometimes I always think that you have to be careful as a songwriter with how beautiful the arrangement is, or how beautiful the melody is, or how beautifully you sing it, mm. because you have to, and so you have to you have to play this sort of really 
complicated game of of a sweet and sour, you know, situation of how you deal with 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 beauty because mm. you don't want things to 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 go amiss mm. because mm. things are too pretty. Mm. Then how does one, as you say this, then I'm thinking, how does how does one as a creative and as an artist, how do you approach a record like this in particular? Uh, you know, with the lyrical context juxtaposed to the beauty are two completely different things. You know, the the, the, the melody yeah. says one thing, the lyrics say another. So just in its construct, just in terms of the the creative process of it, uh, it, it's it's not linear. It's it's not one directional. It's you know what I'm trying to say. How do you then completely, approach completely. it? Because it's yeah, it lives in two different worlds. In different worlds, like yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not forget that my first album was called Brave Confusion, and that's because I was living in those two different worlds or many different worlds. Mm. But I also think that I also think that that's just the the condition of you know, post-apartheid South Africans, mm. you know, we are, one foot is, you know, in the rural areas, the other one is in the city, one foot is in the, you know, in the township, the other one is in the suburbs, all of this stuff, all of this, um, this duality or mm. multiplicity, actually. Well, no. But I also think that, you know, um, A, to be honest with you, and I'll, I'm not going to BS you, sometimes I don't think about it. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes, and, and songwriters and artists like to make make everything seem seem like, you know, just, just thought of, like, for years <laughs> until you got that one line. Come on. Sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you just follow your nose. Mm. Sometimes, yes, you spend time. Sometimes you spend time with something and you really think about the most perfect word that would work here mm. or the most perfect sound. But I really do believe that, A, Accident B instincts are also really important things to cultivate mm. and to allow to happen. Mm. So, and so, I mean, I grew up around singers and I grew up around an idea of what beauty is based on melody or based on where your face or whatever. Mm. And so, those things were well cultivated in me at the time. Mm. So, when I sit down to write a song, I'm first going to go to a pretty thing. And then, I, and then when I do, and then I do is like I mess it up because I don't because I don't want it to be just that. I don't want it to be just another pretty thing in the world. Who needs that? Mm. You know, you know. I want it to be something useful. I want my songs to be useful. Mm. I want my songs to make people think. I want people. I want my songs to make people see themselves a bit better. I don't want people to see me in my songs. Yeah. My my story and my point of view are just gateways into your story and your point of view. Mm, 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 mm. I completely get what you're saying. Nakane, if you're hearing the voice, it is, of course, Nakane um, joining us for a uh, bit of a listening session. The album is out. Bastard Jargon was released this past Friday. Um, and, and I wanted to find out because you said that Caring was the first track on, on, on the record. But is it important in terms of track listing? How much time do I'm thinking of Adele when this last album came out, when she said to to everybody, "Can you just listen to it from top to bottom? Can can you let me tell you the story from beginning to end, the yeah. way that I intended to tell the story?" Uh, you know, how important is it for you and in your process, in your creative process, when you're finalizing uh, the the actual album? 
and and you you thinking okay this must go here must go there must go there are you mind mapping that with with deliberate thought is it oh, is yeah. it is it influenced by emotion is it influenced by the story you're telling you know i've been accused of being old fashioned in what <laughs> sense <laughs> In the sense that, A, I still believe in the album as a medium that can tell a story, a complete story. Mm. You know, maybe a fractured story, like maybe um, um, a, let's say, for example, in an, as, as a writer, maybe it's 10 short stories that have a, a theme that connects them. Mm. Right? And I like to look at an album as something like that. Mm. Or maybe a postmodern novel that is that deals with with you know, how things are fractured, but you get the story, you get where this is going, mm. you know? Certain songs have the same lyrics in order to show that they are linked thematically. Mm. Um, you use a certain sound, like almost like they do in musicals or in film music composition, you use certain sounds in order to, 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 to you know, to, to prod listeners to think about a certain feeling. Yeah. And so I, I, I personally, spend a lot of time doing that stuff, mm. you know, because I think, I also think that I think maybe I spent too much time thinking about this, but I, I, I see albums as like novels for the ears, mm. you know, um, and how certain things, you know, each song has a personality. And so you work that personality out, but that song also is related to another song. Mm. And I particularly, I worked really hard on that in this I mean, there's two songs in the album. I'll give you an example. There's two songs in the album. One is called The Conjecture, and then mm. the other one is called Standing in a Way. Mm. And the other one is in the first half of the album, the other one is in the second half of the album. But they share a lyric. The, the lyric is, the problem is me. Mm-hmm. And in the first song, in the first song, the problem is me is used as, okay, that's the truth. The yeah. problem is you, you know? In the second song, the problem is me is used at a time when the character has, re- has gone through their arc. And they no longer feel like they should victimize themselves and just call it, just say the problem, the problem is, the problem is me. Yeah. It's juxtaposed with another line which is saying, I will have another day. There's a future. I've, I've healed. I've learned. Mm. You know, so things like that in terms of, in terms of track listing and in terms of making an album are so important to me. But I know, I also know that a lot of people don't care. Some people just can't listen to a single track. Mm, mm, yeah, some people just go, oh, well, you know, uh, the, the, the thread now is people buy singles, but there are still people yeah. who, who want to chart the story and especially uh, people who are invested in particular artists for, for you know, very specific reasons. Exactly, they, they're exactly. there and for the story. Yes, and also, you know, in 10 years time, maybe albums will be back. For example, I mean, yeah. not that they're gone, because albums are not gone. Whatever. Yes, people, yeah. people like to like to make <laughs> sweeping statements, but and then let's say, for example, I just made a bunch of singles that made no sense, you know, in a coherent manner. Yeah, and then I listen back to listen back to this album ten years time, and I'll just be so embarrassed that I, I made <laughs> this thing just because, oh, I don't know what, because of the market. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I still. I mean, I still have the hubris to think that I'm making something that will last and that people can listen to in 20 years and go, wow, a complete work. Make yeah. the mistake. There's always, as I always say to my best friend, who's also an artist and a photographer, I'm always saying that, like, you have this vision and you make something and you, for some reason, it never reaches this vision that you have in your mind. Mm. 
But you have to keep on making, you know, because otherwise you just stay with this one thing for the rest of your life. Mm. And you'll never be perfect because there's no perfection. But then you make another thing. You make another album. You make another album. You make another album. Each one is trying to reach, you know, that vision that you have, which, which keeps on getting, you know, which keeps on getting more complicated and bigger. The, the goals keep on shifting because your ability is getting better as well. Of course, absolutely. Uh, and Hopefully. One, and one is evolving as, as a human being, just, you know, internally, oh, yeah. the dialogue with yourself as well. Um, it is uh, Nakani. We've got the next track coming up. Uh, you've got me living again. Um, yeah, let's get this started. This one has no swear words. Let's get into PG. that. That's PG-13. You've got me living again. <laughs> It is uh, Nakane's new offering, If You Were To Complain, is the name of this particular single, going back to back with uh, You've Got Me Living Again, bringing us to uh, 10 to 10 o'clock as we prepare to wrap up the show. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back um, and we have our last words with uh, the singer-songwriter. You're listening to Bridget Masinga on the Station of the Year. Jet Set Breakfast is where you at, and uh, we've been spending the last hour in conversation with uh, Nakane on the back of him releasing his third album, A Bastard Jargon, which came out uh, Friday, and it is available for you to go through and procure, purchase, and enjoy at your leisure. A beautiful body of work thus far, and unpacking. Uh, some of the the singles for us and how things came about, thought process, creative process. And as we we wrap it up, Nakane, um, you know, I came across Mm. this uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z the rapper um, Mm. quote. Well, it wasn't a quote. It was he was in conversation with somebody and he said in the conversation, um, you know, the goal, the goal is not to be successful and famous. The goal is if you've got a specific God-given ability, it's to live your life through it. And whilst doing that Mm. is recognizing that you have a responsibility to push a conversation forward until we are all equal and we are all free. And I think somewhat, you know, a creator like yourself resonates with that kind of sentiment. Completely. I mean, who who says it? I think it's Audre Lorde who says... We're not free until everyone is free. Mm. You know, it's not just about my freedom, but it's about it's also about the freedom of the people that I can't even imagine, mm. whose lives I can't imagine. You know, and so I, I, I think, but also I also think that some of that is also about self investigation and self knowledge. Mm. I think we I think we're so afraid of ourselves. We're so afraid of our feelings. We're so afraid of who we really are, not who we want people to think we are, but mm. who we really are. That's scary, you know. Mm. Mm. That really is. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for thank uh, you so much. taking thank the you. time. It's really appreciative. No, it's so lovely. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. And thank you so much for playing my music. It's only but a pleasure. You definitely make us proud as, uh, you know, as South Africans and Africans at large. Uh, we, we always love to see you just produce, living your truth and flying the African flag high. Um, and, always. and always such a blast talking to you. Always such a blast. Always. Thank you very yeah, much. You must have a good day. Have a good Sunday.
Awesome. We wrap up our conversation with uh, The Conjecture, which is a song you heard him. If there was a, a first book and a second book of the album Bastard Jargon, The Conjecture is in the second book of, uh, of Bastard Jargon, sharing a lyric with, uh, it was Standing in Our Way, uh, sharing a lyric with Standing in Our Way as he tells a very rounded story. Um, in this particular body of work. And that is how we wrap up the show this morning from myself and my all-female producing team. Thank you. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to get to hang out with you on the Jet Set Breakfast. Khamutsu is standing by to take your company from 10 o'clock. And of course, the 10 o'clock news is coming up. Inshallah, God willing, we get to do it again. And of course, we'll get to do it again. We have a day tomorrow as we kick off the full circle, Monday to Friday, 1 until 3 o'clock with myself, Bridget Masinga. Pull through. Let's uh, have a conversation.